All right. Caleb Nelson is on the podcast. Let me explain to you who Caleb Nelson is. And then Caleb, tell me if I did a good job. Caleb Nelson currently owns Purebred Athletics. And for those of you that read the book, Best Hour of Their Day, Caleb was prominently featured in chapter 21, where we talked about how we owned a business together. We kind of had some rough times, a rough patch. I sold my share to Caleb. He then ran with it, doing great, still in Clifton Park. But since then, we've actually started chatting again. I credit Caleb to that. We'll talk all about that. And what's really cool is, I don't think I've really talked about this yet, but the the audio version of Best Hour of Their Day is going to come out. And in between every chapter, James McDermott, one of our, you know, mutual friends, the co-author of my first book, Own Your Eating, The Definitive Guide to Flexible Eating, interviews me about each chapter, and Caleb was on that. But most people will not have heard that yet. So right now, first of all, welcome, Caleb. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat with everybody. Well, hell, I'll talk to everybody and talk to you. Are you, are you going a little crazy yet with the quarantine? Not really. Honestly, I've talked with Ian about this for anybody who doesn't know who Ian is. Ian's my, my now business partner. Um, I actually love chaos. Like I'm actually really at peace right now. We talk to each other, like we're both chilled out. Um, ironically, as you brought up, you know, kind of our rough patch there, like it was just a messy divorce. And during those times, I feel like when think everybody else is going crazy, I feel like I see the playing field very clearly. So right now, you know, when you messaged me the other day, or we kind of went back and forth a little bit. I'm like, I feel like there's a ton of opportunities right now. And everybody else who just is scared to keep their head up and look at everything else going on around them is missing all the opportunities. So I'm just, I'm just having a good old time. You know, it's just different. That's all it is. It's the same thing. And I think uh, I saw your post on Facebook, what, maybe an hour or two ago. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I actually yeah. agreed with some of the sentiment around it where you know, if they didn't have X going, like, of course, you're freaking out right now, because you're worried about your members leaving right now. And I can talk a bit about culture and stuff like that in a little bit around that. But no, nah, I'm just living my best life. It's all just part you, of the change. And I think you have to embrace this. I mean, hopefully, in our existence, which, you know, maybe 60 to 100 years alive, this is the only time we're ever going to deal with this. Yeah, I mean, the way I've looked at it, it's like, this was going to happen, whether it was COVID or you know, some other financial duress or, you know, stuff's going to come up and people just, you know, we talk to, we, you know, I, we do a little business consulting as well. Like we, when we talk to people, like people don't think like that stuff is going to go down. You need to prepare for that. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I also thought that for a long time when we were kind of like in our heyday back in Albany, it's like, let's just ride the wave. It's, we can never go down. We feel invincible. You go through one of those bumps in the road one you realize like the world doesn't end like you'll be okay and secondly like it's going to probably happen again so you should probably think a little bit differently about what and how you're running and operating your business um so you know nothing else but anybody who is running a business right now you should be you know future proofing yourself as much as possible to to prepare for the inevitable. Something is going to happen, whether it's a worldwide calamity or, you know, your own interpersonal dramas going on. Stuff happens. So yeah, it's all good. So you and I can have this podcast for hours. We're going to keep it to about 45 minutes or less because I've, you have other things. I actually have a call with Jess Lasky uh, after this for the book. Yep. So 
let, let's let's keep it all over the place, but also keep it uh, organized. You brought up what I said on Facebook. And what I said on Facebook was the boxes that are creating a culture and a community are the ones that are going to be successful, you know, to paraphrase myself. And, and what I realized was I've seen a lot of boxes go really aggressively into those challenges. And mm -hmm. they are the ones that are like scrambling. They're trying to put a billion classes virtually up right now. And it's like, I see you guys at Purebred. It looks to me like you're doing one a day. We're doing one a day right now. Um, mostly the one thing we didn't want to do is be hyper reactive. We wanted to first listen to our members and see like, what did they need? And the first thing they really cared about, like on the back end, we had already building, been building out our distance platform. Um, so we basically just gave everybody that and said, you all get it now for free. So hi, here's an over delivery on a thing. Um, which mind you, I'd already been doing with a few other people and I'd actually been work doing the same system on myself and I've lost 25 pounds over the past few months. So like perfect time. 25 pounds. Did you get a little chubby for a while, Caleb? Not for nothing. After our little fallout, man, like, <laughs> yeah, I drank more and stress. What do you mean? But that was like seven years ago, five years, six years ago. My perspective on what I cared about started to change and you know, that could be a saga of a story in and of itself. You might need like three podcasts to just cover that. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't take, I looked at, I did not take physical health in the same, um, as the same priority for a long time and focus more on just like mental health and relationships for a long time. Um, and forgot about kind of the fact that I enjoyed feeling good within my own body at the same time. So yeah, I put on a fair amount of weight, kind of struggled with looking at the landscape of what nutrition was and what, you know, health was. Um, I know that we had talked, like, we'll talk a little about like, what CrossFit is and affiliation and things along those lines. But I struggle a lot with after that, it's like, who am I? What is my identity? And which I have found as I've coached a lot of other people now is not a very uncommon thing for a lot of, especially young men in their mid to late twenties. It's kind of that time where you're, you're struggling with that just as a whole. But for me, it was a lot of those things all kind of circling around, you know, how, who am I, what do I want for myself? Uh, how am I going to treat myself? What are what are my rules of existence to keep me healthy and happy? Um, so more or less, I went on that journey. So yeah, over the past whatever blank two three months, and then I've been doing the same thing with my my mom, who also lost. She's down like twenty five pounds herself. Um, same thing, simple stuff. It's more about ha we've moved more to like habit based stuff, and uh, I'm sure you're familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy. It's more of a platform on that. Um, it's more about client like the, the client leads the journey and we just happen to provide some solutions as it comes up. Um, so with that platform, we just said, here guys, you guys get this all for free because we know you guys are freaking out about your habits. We want to give you a sense of normalcy and we want you to have a form of connection. So all our coaches, like everybody got a coach specifically, they're getting accountability check-ins, they're getting custom nutrition personalized to them. They have the live workouts where we have an opportunity to still come together. Um, and what I realized over the past five years, like the workout wasn't what really mattered. The way we had changed, thank God this happened now, not three to five years ago where I went through a couple other culture shifts and just basically pissed a bunch of people off. Um, if we didn't go through some of those culture shifts back then, right now, I, I would personally be very worried because seeing how I made some very small shifts, like taking out kipping pull-ups or something like that, like people, you would have thought I've sacrificed their firstborn. Um, 
I've watched that change over time. And I came to realize like it wasn't the workout that mattered. It was the connection and the touch points, the coaching, like the real coaching. Somebody wanted to know, like you actually showed up and cared about them today. So um, for us, we just doubled down on the reach outs that we already were doing. Um, and, you know, with, I just had a good 45 minute call with one of our members this morning. She's like, honestly, I think our membership is going to be stronger after this. I mean, that's them telling me and they're just asking me, what can I do? And I'm just like, honestly, just take care of your health right now. So um, to the effect of what you had posted, I think, you know, challenges are really just a marketing thing, like whatever tool you need to use to get somebody in to change their life. Cause that word works. People like want to like get out of their way that sometimes they need a spark. I think a lot of people use that and think like all it is, is just going to be a sales machine and forget that you need to bolster the back end and retain the people that come in through this with actual service. If you're just trying to sell them so that you can keep money in your pocket. Well, it was, that was a purely a one-way transaction. It was like, just give me money. You might lose some weight on the back end of this, as opposed to here, I'm using a tool for you to become more aware let me give you as great a service as possible. And I'd love to continue this relationship and let's build something real. Um, I think right now we're just, you know, I, I do love this part that Glassman always believed in. It was, it was like, you know, the cream rises to the top. Like right now is that moment. We're just trimming the hedges a little bit where people who didn't use like a genuine relationship as a platform, they're not able to sustain right now because it couldn't transcend the four walls of their space. It was just that it was, you were a workout. You happened to be delivering it. You probably were charging less than everybody else. You probably didn't have a buffer to lean back on with that. And now here you are scrambling with minimal means and a membership that didn't, didn't value something more. You weren't giving them that extra something beyond just a workout. And that's, that's what I think is really happening right now. Um, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but um, I, I see that that's probably why I'm not really worried right now because our members are just like, yeah, this is it. The, the one thing they're freaking out of is like, is it really okay for me to just like do a group zoom call with the members without, with the other members without you setting it up? I'm like, of course, like I shouldn't like, this is not about me building connection. It's about you having the tools to go and build real connections. What you built in the gym, it just happened to be convenient when it started. Like, Hey, you're sharing some space. We have some shared common values a new conversation strikes up, but that, that the conversation that it just happened to be at the gym, that relationship still can, can still continue. It just is going to take on a different context for a while. So, um, you know, the one live class is just an opportunity for everybody to get together at one time. There's something about it being live where, you know, there's mixed emotions about what a live workout is, but to me, people like, why does the Peloton thing work where they just broadcast live workouts? because people want to show up to an appointment and feel like I'm part of something when it's happening, it's new, it's fresh. Um, so that's why we've gone that route. Um, and it also provided a great opportunity to do at least a small part right now to uh, give something to the, the general community at large. We have some more things that are going to come out in the coming days. Um, we just wanted people, like again, people feel like a little bit lost and a little bit like stuck in their home and they're I had about an hour long conversation with the members last night. It's like, you're kind of confronting all your demons right now. So many people have said, Oh, I hate my job. I hate this. I hate like, okay, now you're home. You got everything you wanted. Now what? Are you still miserable? Okay. So maybe it wasn't the job and maybe it wasn't those other people. Maybe it was you. And, and <laughs> it's probably, you know, it, it sounds a bit dickish of me to say off the rip like that, but having gone through my own personal journey where I 
I was playing a little bit of that victim for a long time. And I'll, let me change the little, like I was like thinking that I was all that in a bag of chips going through like meditations and fasts and you know, plenty of other crazy personal therapies and whatnot. If you're not willing to look inward and confront your demons in that space and that stillness and that quiet, which a lot of people are stuck alone in their apartment and don't have anything to really distract them anymore after you played enough games of Sudoku or binge Netflix, like, all right, now sit and deal with yourself. So I went off on a tangent there, but that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm seeing in the landscape right now. So what are some of the things you're doing right now at home? What are you doing to, I mean, I agree with you on all of this and I've been like you, I would like to know when this is going to end, but at the same time, I'm enjoying my days. Like I'm filling it with podcasts, I'm reading, I'm you know working out in the extra bedroom. You know, it's, it's been, I can do this forever, I think. Like really. Yeah, I think I did a video the other day I posted on my Instagram was like, it, why wouldn't you prepare as if this was never going to end? What if this is the new normal? I'm preparing as if that's going to be it. Like, what if we can't? Cool. We know we can go back to delivering an in-person physical service. Uh, but that's, that's great. Well, what else could you be doing to bolster what you're doing right now? For me, nothing's changed. I'm waking up. I have my coffee. I do my reach outs. I talk to people. I same thing we're doing. I'm probably working out more than I was beforehand because I'm not worried about running between places. I don't have to drive around and do anything like that. But my day to day is mostly the same. Ian and I are just talking about, you know, what's the next step we need to do with the business. That's it. There's nothing different. It's the same day to day thing. Um, I think also a lot of what's important about that is like, if you don't, if you didn't already know what the staples of your routine are that you needed to keep in place uh, were at, to this point, you might be scrambling a little bit right now. And secondarily, if you don't have a, if you, you know, everybody can be lost at times, but like, if you don't have somebody, a guide or a coach or somebody who's like going to shoot you straight and give you the honest, like, Hey, you should probably look at some of these things and keep it together. Then you really are scrambling, right? Most people are just stuck in isolation. So yeah, I think if, if you can maintain like some healthy habits, you know, still drink your water. Don't use this as an excuse to plow a bottle of wine every single night. You'll be fine. It's, it's going to be okay. So for me, it's, it's as, just as usual. I'm just working out. I just, I got, I just worked out in my living room, like literally this camera, <laughs> not like maybe an hour ago <laughs> doing that. And it's fine. It's all good. Speaking of workouts, I'm going to hit dumbbell Calsu today. Remember us hitting Calsu? Yeah. I remember yelling at you like, dude, I can't see. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Legit. I thought I was going to black out and, and, and just lose it at that point. But yeah. I haven't done Calsu in a long time, a long time. So I think you should program it for your members. You can do I, any weight. I do have something similar in a couple of weeks on a Saturday where there is a hundred thrusters in it. Um, there you go. With some other things, but yeah, maybe I'll throw in something along those lines. I'm uh, going to do with 50 pound dumbbells. So that's about 100. So maybe the equivalent of like 105, 110 on a bar lighter than we've done it. But there was a period of time at uh, Albany CrossFit where we hit Calsu like four or five times four or five consecutive weeks because we were all trying to finish it. It was you, me, Javi, Kwame, Kevin. Remember? like, and we, um, Dempsey. He remember, was doing it for a bit there too. Yeah. Does Ian still come to the box, by the way? Ian Dempsey? Yeah. 
he ends and i think he's like where is he maybe virginia or something like that i saw on facebook the other day yeah like this is like three or four years ago now he's like hey dude what's your address and i was like i gave him my address and i get a wedding invite and i was like i was like i haven't seen you in five years <laughs> you're gonna invite me to your wedding but anyway goose is a member now who is goose, goose. goose. oh yeah buddy what awesome where does he live he lives in Clifton Park oh he moved up to, he doesn't live in Albany anymore no no you know actually now that you mention that I do remember seeing pictures of him at purebred so yo, yeah that's cool yeah and you're gonna catch a lot of these references that no one knows about these are all people that Caleb and I know so let's let's try to keep it relative so, sure. so other people can listen um you you, you talked about you know, the, the quarantine and, and hopefully this doesn't become the new norm, but we have to be prepared for it. One thing I think about you at least in, in since chatting with you more again is you've taken on somewhat of a, I, I refer to myself and I've only heard one other person refer to themselves the same way. I'm sure other people do, but I refer to myself as a stoic Buddhist. I like that. And now I'm not perfect. I'm not always stoic and I'm not always Buddhist. I freak out every once in a while, just like anybody else. But what what has allowed you to think this way? Because it's not easy. Like, would you say you're Stoic? Have you read any books on Stoicism, like the Daily Stoic or Meditations? And and then also, you know, those that don't know Caleb knows his religious background is that of the Moonies. So I don't know if um, <laughs> if you've gone back to that or are you changing that path as well? Uh, no, I have... Well, I've made my peace with that, actually. Um, I was going to, I wanted a definitely a spiritual journey for, I still, I mean, I think it's always an ever evolving thing, but yeah, I definitely read uh, The Obstacle is the Way. What was the second book? Um, I didn't, I don't read the Daily Stoic, but no, I'm a big fan of Stoicism in general. Um, honestly, probably the, the, the one moment that really stands out is really, ironically is our our you know unsavory little divorce there for a while it put me into a place where I had to really confront who am I what am I willing to do for my you know what I believe in um so let me stop you for a sec okay for for chronological purposes Caleb comes around 2010 to Albany CrossFit immediately interning working we're having fun every day I mean I tell Jess Lasky and I one of our other coaching and friends when when she read the book best hour of their day like you it was like that just brought back so many amazing memories like to me college was great but my time that period of time in my life was literally my favorite time um you know well just that whole period between i would say when you came on and probably about a year before you left because i feel like that last year you and i weren't necessarily having tensions but it just some fun it was like a balloon deflated a little bit well, I think that we were, that we had talked about this on our review with, you know, with, with James, we did that. We had that one chat after that yoga class where you're like, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, what if we just sold it and moved to like the Caribbean and I know that put a, like a tickle in my chest and I was like, huh. Okay. And I didn't really think about it too much at the time. I kind of just like buried it. Um, but I, it was probably the first time I ever thought like, oh, maybe we're going to have separate paths and um well for the record i wanted you to come 
I'm aware. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't a bad thing. It was, you know, I've come full circle on all this. And I was like, I would not be where I am right now if we didn't have that moment. Could we have communicated through it differently? Did we ultimately, did I think we were ultimately going to go separate paths? I think it was, we just wanted different things. And I didn't really know what I wanted. I think you knew more what you did want. And those things just don't mesh well, especially when we definitely have probably stronger, more dominant personalities. And it was becoming definitely like that friction there at the top. And there was just a lot going on, you know, and now that I've had my own staff, I've gone through many of my own fallouts with other people and had to rebuild some other relationships with, um, with former staff and whatnot, and had to, you know, eat some crow with all that stuff and, 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 you know, can definitely find some humility within all that. Um, I'm not angry about it. It just is. And it's, I walked away at that moment from something that I knew stability and a friendship. I was terrified to do it and it was just stuff. Um, it definitely, you know, put an interesting financial burden on me that I, that I had to navigate for a long time and there's no anger around any of that stuff. It just was. And now I look back, I'm like, if I hadn't been given that opportunity, like, right now I'd be having a meltdown. I would never have gone off the path to see what matters to me. I would not have found the relationships that I needed at that time. You know, that's when I, Lexi and I got closer to each other. This is when Ian and I got closer to each other. That's just what I was able to better define what I cared about. And it also brought me back to this place where you and I can have a different and a better and a healthier relationship. So that's important. And I think people in the moment look at things as travesty and anger. And much like I did at that time, I was definitely bitter for a long time but I think it was more hurt and angry about like wow I'm, I feel like I'm losing my friend as opposed to realizing that maybe just our relationship needed to change and so let me ask you this yeah so say imagine this is like a, a movie and part one is the moment you show up in Albany CrossFit until we separate and then there's like two other parts and there's my path after and your path after up until you know two months ago, I really don't know from where you started that second journey to where you are today. Educate me. Tell me some of this stuff. Let me let me ask you some personal questions. So cool. I'm open at, book. At what, Roll. I you know, let me ask you about Lexi. So you're married to Lexi now. Yeah. And um, so Lexi and her friend Audra, Audra joined mm -hmm. maybe 2012, 13, I'd guess. Uh, probably two, 2013. And now just to understand, there's like two young, very cute girls coming into the box. So immediately all the men's boys heads, you know, you imagine like a, like a swivel, right. And, you know, you and I were both in our relationship nonsense. I call it nonsense at the time. We don't have to dive into any of that. There, there are a handful of things about each other that only you and I will ever know. Let's keep it that way. I'm sure you may be, <laughs> maybe you've shared a couple of those, but let's keep some of it private. But at what point do you go from, I don't really remember at the time if Lexi was a member of Albany CrossFit or, or Clifton Park at the time, but you guys certainly weren't together. No. So it started off kind of, so I was training with Kevin Seaman during that time. Um, right. I remember that you guys were doing like your, double hatch crazy program i mean i however much 
detail people want to know and incriminating evidence about me that I'll share it all at whatever. You don't have to share that stuff, but I mean, you guys were doing your hatchback squats. You were drinking your gallon of milk a day type of thing. All that kind of stuff. And, you know, as I was trying to formulate, like, what's my next wave of like friendship right now? Cause we were kind of like this, again, there's where this strange milieu, I started going hang out a little bit because I didn't have really much of social life between, between beyond you and I just, we spent just an obscene amount of time together. That was mostly what it was. And now I'm trying to navigate this. So I would go out late at night, you know, and then just mostly have like a drink and just hang out. But then there was like this group of the Albany people that I just hadn't really been connecting with. And Lexi happened to be there and I was ending one relationship. And then she was also coming out of another relationship. And it was very casual in the beginning. It just happened to be that. And that was right, kind of right as you and I were really separating there. And it was interesting because it was the first time as I started to, as I looked back for a long time, I was, um, I was very uncomfortable and like insecure with myself. Um, I put a lot of value into like the shell, you know, um, and if you want to bring it back to the, the Mooney stuff and this and that, I was just really looking to get approval from my parents. I'm like, Hey, you did a good job finding like, like being successful in life. And it, for me at the time, it was like, great, I can, I look ripped. I'm really strong. I'm good at exercise. Awesome. I can have the Barbie girlfriend. I can have, you know, the title of blank ownership, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but, you know, I propped myself up on relationships where I felt like I was, and it was no fault of their own, but I was just putting myself out there as like just this hollow shell. And I wasn't putting out like the substance that I really wanted to connect on. And finally, at this point, I just, I didn't care anymore. Just like, whatever. I actually remember specifically after the previous relationship for Alexia is like, I'm not cool with this. Like, I'm just going to, one, I had the convenience of like, I'm, I'm kind of going broke right now. And by kind of, I mean, I was, and I had to move in with a couple clients and, you know, I, here I am just like, the prospects are not super great right now. The business is not looking too, too good. I'm pretty open up front about it with her. Um, there's not a lot you know, on the surface anymore, that seems like it's going for me. Um, but at this point, like, I'm just doing it because I care. Like I showed up every day. I mean, I don't think I was not there for a single day. I had got food poisoning one day after about like 120 days straight or something like that. And I like scrambled on a Saturday morning, somebody like randomly picked up a class for me. I think it was Jenna or Noonan or somebody like that. And is Jenna still around? No, no, she finished up in August, but um, yeah, she's been with us. She was with us for a long time and she was there with me through a lot of stuff. So it was really, you know, I really cherished that relationship. Um, but here's this, you know, not for nothing, Lexi's terrified me because here's this, what should we, 20 years old at the time and I was what, 26 and I'm being real for the first time in my adult life with like who I am, what I care about. I'm trying to bring out like more of the substance since I like, I don't care as much about the, the PRs. I'm kind of walking away from this idea of being like competitive athlete and all those other things. You put your, you put your athletic career on hold. I mean, I didn't really have a choice at that point. It was like, <laughs> you don't, you don't remember what Kevin Houston said that's us. Right. Well, <laughs> other story, but yeah, for me, I was like, I came to this moment of like, I can either do this right. That year I thought I was going to take a shot at becoming, you know, could I really be great by myself and blah, 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 like, and it was more again about the pageantry. I didn't, I was okay at 
the CrossFit thing. Looking back, like I was okay. I was not that great. Um, and I was also, I didn't care enough or was not really willing enough to do all the things it was going to take to be that level. And I have immense respect for anybody who does not to take anything away from that. But for me, it became a moment of like, do I want to be a great coach or I want to be a great athlete? I don't think that there's people that can't do it, but for the most part, I knew for me as an athlete that I was sharing the same space with the same other athletes at a certain point, like I was going to be their ceiling. Cause you know, if you want to win, you're not going to give them all the tricks of the trade. And I needed to change some of that relationship. And then also like, well, now I need to keep a business alive. Um, so I'm walking away from those things. I'm kind of putting on weight. I've got up to like 200 pounds at that point. And I'm just kind of like, you were at 200 pounds. I think I got up to 205 at the highest and I'm like growing my facial hair out, just gross. My hair is just shaggy. I'm wearing a gross beanie and it's like, you couldn't see it. Like I was just, I just didn't care. I remember telling myself like I was shredded and like jacked at this point after that previous relationship. And I was like, what if I just let it go? And I consciously remember looking in the mirror and saying like, I'm just gonna let this ride. And lo and behold, Lexi walks into my lap afterwards. Like I'm going to, I'm telling myself I'm going to connect on something real for once in my life in my relationships. And again, no fault to any other relationship. Like I can't believe other people even put up with me to this point, you know, that's, that's how I feel about myself. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that was because I didn't set up the relationship properly. I didn't even give them a chance to know because I didn't know what I wanted. And that's, you know, I'm grateful for anybody that ever dealt with my shenanigans because I learned a lot from, from those relationships. We, I mean, think about off topic, but on topic, how terrible were we as boyfriends when we were friends back then? We were the I'm, worst. I mean, at least I was. I was worse than you. <laughs> I was, uh, I mean, bad and terrible are relevant things. You know, I definitely realized that it was very much completely my way or the highway. Like you need to just bend to my will. Like I'm going to be around Jay and I'm going to be around this business and I'm not really going to communicate that that's my priority. And like, I'm not telling you really what my purpose around this thing is. So they had no context, just be ready to be around me at any point. Like, and this is my thing. And I didn't really, I kind of asked what, people wanted but on the back end I didn't really like listen and no wonder that we hit a wall any of any of those relationships because it was going to come to a point where I was going to say no and don't get me wrong like I tell Lexi all the time like be honest with me if this is what you don't want if I'm not like I'm telling you where I'm going if you don't want to be along for the ride I'm just and I'm telling you that it's going to be harder the the further we go along with this thing if you don't want that tell me and I'll honestly like I'll still love you for the rest of my life as how did you I think this is where you're going, but I guess my question with you and Lexi and all this is you seem to have aged in a mature way, like 50 years. I think maybe I've put on about two years, you know? (laughs) So like, I'm definitely better than I was, but I'm still not great. You seem to become like almost like a Buddha like character. And I mean, in a good way, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to make any sort of joke like right now. No, I appreciate it. Honestly, it means a lot to me. Um, I have struggled as I, I put a lot of judgment on the, the Moonies, which, you know, for a long time, I just kind of discriminately called it like a cult. Um, not realizing it had been a strategy that had helped my parents find love and peace and harmony in their life. And, you know, it just didn't happen to be what worked for me. Like we, I went through a big separation with my, and a little bit of fallout, a little bit a sizable fallout with my parents in high school when I first kind of decided I was going to walk away from them, communicated that. 
of course, not knowing how to communicate. Like, I just think differently about the way I operate in my world and what it means to me about love. And specifically for me, what I started to realize was like, intimacy and love was something that I, I've struggled with. And most people wouldn't believe it now, but until I was 17, like, I didn't really talk. And like, talk, talk, God forbid, talking to women. Like that's, and now I mean, my favorite people to talk to are like the soccer moms. Like they're my favorite, you know? You've and, always been that way though. Uh, well, not for, not until like you showed me the way I'll give you, I'll give you credit there. Um, so more or less kind of having that moment where I was just like dropped on my head, left to my kind of my own devices and having to learn how to really be honest in building relationships. And I also give Ian a lot of credit. Ian helped me navigate through a couple different of those relationships at the end prior to Lexi too, because he would just come over and hang out. Ian's uh, a great dude, by the way. Part owner yeah. of purebred athletics, right? Still, yes, yes, and he's, you know, he's. And when you wrote in the book about like, you know, get a get somebody who's a good accountant and all that stuff, like Ian is the systems master. I think you and I are very similar, where you and I didn't complement each other well on that. We're not great systems guys. We want to be not like, at all, right? But I had I've spent the past seven years learning to understand his language and how would I speak to that because I, I needed to respect what he's bringing to the table a lot of logic and I lead with my heart and my gut like if it just doesn't feel right nowadays I definitely just won't shut up and you know I'll go pick a fight I like to fight like it's it, it's enjoyable to me um not Ian, the by the way also best massage you can get he's on he doesn't massage anymore he does one one person for massage but that's kind of more like um kind of like soulful kind of like oh that's keep... a shame well he's more passionate Ian's we as like I said like we moved into a lot of business consulting we help other gyms other uh massage therapist businesses uh midwife businesses like and Ian's really the lead on that because he just sees systems and just sees how to make it sustainable and I look at you know not for nothing same thing as Lexi like all the prospects in a relationship that was going on with me at that time like on the surface, the numbers didn't really add up, but for whatever reason, and I thank him to like the end of time now, it's like he took a shot on me at that time. He had like, he had a good job. Him and wife were stable. And it's like, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on this ride with this crazy kid who is just torching relationships around him right now. And, um, you know, the, 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 the big relationships in his life, but he can take that, that idea and the soul of it and say like, great, you have the substance, but how do you put this into a system that will actually endure when it's bad, when it's good, right? Because a lot of people make really bad, dumb decisions when it's good. Um, and I mean, he's just one of the most brilliant minds I've ever worked with. And it comes from, he's had a lot of experience like managing like juice bars, other gyms, like Globo gyms. Like he's managed a lot of stuff and he's been able to see the back end of a lot of like businesses um, across like a whole breadth of things. So. You know, I credit a lot of that stuff to him. Also a lot of him helping me remove some of my own dogmas, right? I came from one system of dogmas, like a religious dogma and uh, something wrapped around love and intimacy and like finding happiness to now I kind of had that with CrossFit, like this is the way and the only way. And now I've moved to a different place in my life where, you know, fitness is what it is. Like it just happens to be part of the paradigm. And he was really instrumental in doing that, right? Um, because it was well, like, oh, how paleo is the thing, zones the thing, like whatever's the thing right now is the the pick of the day as opposed to me like taking lessons from things. And that's where he was really instrumental for like 
letting me vent enough and then say like, Caleb, this is what I'm hearing. Does that sound right? Cool. Let me put that into a system for you. So it's packaged better. Um, and that's where kind of the stuff started, but the crazy stuff I've done to do that, like, I well, it's funny. Everything you're mentioning is really to me coincidental, I would say, because I feel like it's like two paths went this way, but all of a sudden they came back because a lot of what you're saying is the same stuff that I've either been talking about or trying to improve upon by myself. You know, like you said, you know, whether it's like, Hey, we we're not going to use the CrossFit name or not. It was more about, this is just one part of a well-rounded life and too many people, us included, were putting too much stock in, Hey, this is, this is life. Yeah. And I, what I, especially when it comes to like religion, right. With the big R, you know, and this is not to dismiss for anybody's religious or, you know, spiritual beliefs, but like a lot of people get caught up on like, this was the way that you found worked for you. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for me, but it sounds like we care about the similar things. Like you mean, like you want to be a good person, like taking care of others in times of need and being um, selfless and, and helping nurture others. Like that's what you care about. Oh, cool. We can get along on that. You know, I see the same thing. Like there's plenty of yoga people that have the same soul behind it. There's the same, you know, I don't care if you like tiddlywinks. So that's what's going to make you healthier and happier. Like, cool, do the thing. Like, that's great. You know, whether you're vegan you know, or paleo or whatever, or it sounds like we have some same core principles. Could we just kind of agree upon some of that stuff? But I mean, it's, to me, it's awesome. I mean, I would also argue that, you know, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation if we hadn't been going on similar parallel universe journeys at the same time because we wouldn't be speaking the same language at this point but uh, all right let's yeah. lighten the mood let's lighten the mood for a minute we got about 10 more minutes here what's 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 that <laughs> it's not light for you that's that's like that's tip <laughs> we're just like skimming the surface no I, I could talk about this for hours but i do want to ask you some fun questions what's your most favorite memory at albany crossfit I don't know what mine is either, but I just. The one I, mean, I quote the most is us selling a membership, but naked in a hot dog. Uh, we, we did talk about that on the interview, but so yeah, you and <laughs> for those that don't understand, Albany CrossFit was opened in an old school racquetball gym. And most of the people there were, you know, still these old men that played racquetball and they would just hang out in the locker room naked. Yeah. And. <laughs> it didn't it didn't take much convincing to get Caleb and I to just join in. Not that we like Yeah, I it was just it. I don't care. It's a great yeah, but I have a rich not... naked Sunday. <laughs> There's actually substance behind that, so it's not as flippant as I'm making it, but yeah. Well, you and I would hang out in the hot tub and oftentimes it was naked and somebody walks in with a client who's probably shy, the owner of the gym, like, hey, this guy's interested. And while we're sitting in the hot tub naked this guy joins the gym. Yeah. Yeah. That that's how I would summarize our relationship back then. Well, I think, you know, and this is to your credit, it was the first time I ever had free reign on kind of figuring myself out. I couldn't really put a moment where I was like, this is my favorite thing. It would just it just was, you know, like we just got to share time together and I was like, wow, somebody kind of gets me. And not to say that I haven't had other great friendships and relationships, but like this is, this is the first one that was, you know, because Manny is the first one who introduced me to CrossFit before, and we originally wanted to open a box together when we were in college. But 
um, you know, this is the first time you were like, wow, there's like, this is not just an idea in our heads anymore. Like I'm here. I'm part of this thing. I'm helping move this idea forward. I get to have some, you know, input on some of these things. Uh, I get to feel special. I get to have the relationships. Um, I think probably my favorite times though, we were doing, uh, we were doing, it was when we started working out together and I was struggling to learn how to do handstand pushups and I like shit the bed doing, uh, I think it was Diane. And I had like a, a, like a crummy med ball under my head and I could only do like three inch range of motion on the thing. And I failed and I like had a meltdown <laughs> and I look back on that. And I mean, I got really good at handstand pushups after that, but like, it was just a moment where we shared like struggle and it, it was like, well, you're still there tomorrow. And I've come to that place now in all my relationships, like even right now, like, or back, you know, Ian and I talked about when the other spot was flooding, we had tons of flooding issues there. There was one night it was flooding. We stayed there because the rain was coming down and the snow was melting off of like the roofs and everything. And I was like, it's probably going to flood. And we just stayed there and like, at one o'clock in the morning, we're trying to shovel water back out. I'm like this. And we said it to each other, like, this is the moment we're going to remember. I still do. And the same thing with you. It's like, it was the struggling moments that I, I enjoyed. And our struggles were very different at that time, I think, um, because we were booming. Like we, people were flooding the doors all the time. Um, but it was, you know, I just cherished being able to kind of see behind the door a little bit behind the closed doors, what was really going on behind the scenes, knowing that, you know, I'm at a place in my life now, like, I don't care who it is, like whoever's in a position of responsibility and authority, I have a different respect than some people do because you never know all the, like somebody at the top, it has a lot of information that you don't and is making a lot of heavier decisions and has to balance the, like has to still pay all the bills at the same time. Um, so being able to have a glimpse into that moment and, you know, you were very kind to mention, you know, like I had a lot of respect for that, I did because I wanted to understand that. And I, before I wanted to become a full owner, I like, I should probably act a little bit like it, you know, to assume the role before you're in the role. Um, so I had that opportunity. It was fun. It was fun to just be there and just get to immerse myself in all that. So it's, it is very hard for me to pin just a single moment, but maybe that one, that might've been where I turned it, where it was like, cool. I made a fool of myself, but I'm here back again tomorrow and let it ride. It's cool. You know, one thing I've realized in selling the gyms and moving is there are a lot of people that you would butt heads with and fight with and you would try to win. But then I realized by not trying to win years later, they they could, it would come around. They would see your side of this story. Was there anything, was there ever a moment when you were running your box now, you and I were no longer partners. We were like, oh shit, that's why Jay did it this way. Or that's why Jay did this. Or so what's, what's one? Uh, I truly understand now how you felt when other people opened other gyms. Uh, I had, when we were moving spaces from the old CCP location to the other one, we had had some coaches there and we moved and then they, they had been coaches with us at the time. And then we, they had mentioned, okay, we're looking to do on our own spot up the road. And we had you know, cause I believe in the community and all that other jazz and all that other stuff. Um, so we were like, Hey, just stay with part of, stay part of this community. And I watched some behaviors and things like that change. And I was like, but it's more important that we keep community together. People feel love and all that stuff. Some of the things went down. I don't really care about it too much anymore. 
solved some problems long term. But yeah, I get it. I understand where like you feel this very protective nature over the thing where people don't understand what you sacrificed to get the thing off the ground in the first place. Like that initial inertia is insane to generate to like to overcome. You have to like initial momentum is wild. And uh all people really see at the end is like, I'm gonna count all your members in this room right now. This is what they pay per month. This is what it's gonna be. I could go open this up down the road. I can go do this thing, you know, and you feel marginalized when that happens. Um and that's I mean that was my own fault. Some of that I those own things like that. But well I think when that those kind of things happen where you're like wow you get anger and like as opposed to what could i just done different or maybe the real problem is i probably failed as a leader because i didn't communicate where this thing is really going so that's that's where i get it like i understand that kind of stuff and there's probably a couple times where i lit off at a couple staff members where i was like oh yeah and it was like that was him talking at me that one time i was actually the one being the dick it wasn't it wasn't really him it was me who just didn't understand yeah and i think it all all works both ways like ross and i lately she's you know with our new business venture she's like that was you or this and that i'm like oh now i get why you were mad but yeah when when gyms would open i would lose my shit i got better about it over the years and you were always there beside me in a way that you're like i knew you had my back and you were like more mad just because i was mad not because of why i was mad and you would always be like ah, oh, it's fine like who cares? We're, like I remember when Collar City was opening, I was losing my mind, and you and Kevin were like, "Who cares?" But I was just so mad. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense. And that's where you know I'll give Murph big credit on this one. There was a moment where you and I were kind of butting heads. I think it was probably in that final year, and he goes, "You ever consider that Caleb just didn't want to do it alone?" And I think the reason why that I've really come to really come to value on this is when those moments happen because they're going to happen you need to have that other person who can kind of just stop you in your tracks and say no this is 50 50 we're going to look at both sides of the equation um the only times maybe in those moments where i felt like it was tough for me it was just like man you did i wanted i wanted to help but i didn't feel like i was being given the keys to the castle to help you um because I saw all the great things around, but I can understand like, okay, cool. I work really hard. I see what's going to come off the books potentially if I lose members. I care about these two guys that are telling me they love me and they want to support me build this business. I don't want to have to cut their pay or don't have to like whatever the thing is, you know, I don't want to have to lose some of these staff like, and this thing we've built, is it going to be the same? You know, that's hard. That's hard when you have like group dynamics right that like that. And, um, but yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. One one thing that um, James recently reminded me of during our interviews, I have two last questions and then we got to wrap it up, is the expression Murph down. <laughs> that was an expression I hadn't heard for years. And people can listen to that chapter, chapter 10 in the book. But Caleb and I, Murph is someone I think we truly love. We need to have a three-way call. We should do it. Let's set up a FaceTime with Murph, the three of us off the air. Let's do it. All right. And... Um, he would have a meltdown every time we had an event and you and I were a terrible, we were like the older brothers just egging on our younger brother as he's about to, you know, like stick his hand down a garbage disposal. Like it spiraled out of control. I think that's, 
you know, as learning how to re-navigate some of those things, I look back and I'm like, wow, like that's my little brother. How would I want him to be as I patched up some of my own family relationships? Uh, yeah, we could have done that. We could have done better. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Speaking of, how is Preston? Preston's doing great. He's actually wanted to mention is like, you never say sorry for choking him out <laughs> on video. Did I choke him out on video? Yeah, that's when we did the interview and then you had choked him out doing some jits moves or whatever. And, and it was like the picture in picture thing. It's somewhere on YouTube somewhere. And but it was him and I doing like a Sunday chat or whatever it was. And he's doing he's doing well. He's doing well. He actually called me the other day and I get like, yeah, we have a great relationship, he and I. And uh, he's just asking, like, hey, how do I help you right now? And I have a great relationship with my, my middle brother now and uh, my sister as well. So, yeah, it's all good. You didn't meet well, the other one. I think I met everybody over the years, but, you know, briefly, like your parents would come up and visit for a Sunday. And that was it. Um, one, one thing I would say, like, you, you know, you and I had a profound influence on a lot of people. We heard from punk ass. You know, there was a little kid that we, you know, got the nickname punk ass from us because he was a punk ass, but he wound up joining the military and he credited Caleb and I for changing his life. So, you know, all those awesome memories. Last thing I talk about it in the book, but I want to hear your perspective. See if you can do this in two minutes. Do you remember that time I yelled at the entire membership and you made me write an apology letter? Ooh, that one skips my memory a little bit. Jog it for me. We, I think it was like the members were complaining because we, in the, in the book, I wrote it as we put five, 5k run like back to back days and our members just were complaining and bitching. And I went in there and I said something like, you know, there's gyms down the road for nine ninety nine. If you want to go join them, go join them. And I think you kind of like, it was almost like a coach after you're getting kicked out of the game, like your coach grabs you by the arm and he's like, we need to talk. Uh, was I the one who? calmed you down after that one i think you calmed me down and you made me write an apology on the website you know looking at that now and especially how i think about exercise right especially the way people are freaking out about like meeting their you know standards set up and all the other stuff yeah i get it like people just want a moment of reprieve and just doing more than zero is really more important and how you address some of those things you know if I was in the same situation where you were like, yeah, like it's part of the thing, right? That's not being stoic, right? It's you losing it because other people want something different and it's maybe communicating it a little bit softer and saying, well, why do you care? And you know, if you actually, now that I remember in the book where you kind of sat down and talked to some people, they're like, they just wanted to, sometimes they yeah. just want to exercise and they wanted to do something fun. They don't care about the system. They don't care about the method and the madness and all the other things. They just wanted to feel like they could sweat a little bit put their issues aside for about a little, you know, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, and then go back to dealing with the stressors of their life. Um, not everybody likes a 5k run. They just don't care. I, I mean, not nothing. I don't like running and I don't, I don't feel the need to do it, you know? And it, to tell me, ask me seven years ago, eight years ago, it's like, did you need to do heavy deadlifts? Oh, I won an entire year in the past year. And well, I went probably more a year and a half. I didn't pick up a barbell for a year. And I was like, I feel better huh, maybe I broke my own belief on that one. So yeah, I think the humility in the moment and realizing like a lot of stuff just kind of is our own dogmas and our own things and wanting to be right and want like us 
projecting our idea of what we think theoretical perfection is, as opposed to just saying, hey, how about I ask you, what do you like? And then just giving somebody that, it's probably a safer option as a business owner. So yeah, I mean, the fact that you wrote an apology letter is a good thing. That's great. <laughs> well, that's a great way to wrap it up. Ask people what they like and you're probably going to be a more successful business owner. I agree. I've got my next interview, but as you were saying that, I, I thought to myself, we really need to get on a big call, all the former coaches from Albany CrossFit together and just letting it out. Maybe we'll take a little ayahuasca and, and we'll get at that. <laughs> but I think, I think we, one word to this day that reminds me of you is the word cathartic. You used to say it a lot. I don't know if you still do. And I really just, and I, and I, and I never really heard anybody else use it, but I feel like through writing the book and now through talking to you for both of us, it's been cathartic. I look forward to keep chatting with you off air. Cause we have as much fun as these are. I think our chats where no one is listening. We can, we can talk about some of those memories that cannot be talked about in public. <laughs> that which cannot be named. That, yeah. Exactly. So, Thanks for hopping on, Caleb. Tell Lexi we said hi, and Ian, and Megan, and everybody else, and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Later, man. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day, and thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.